You are listening to Matter of Theology, a podcast production that deals with church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We stand firm on the sufficiency of Scripture, hitting every topic with an open Bible and the boldness to say things that others are afraid to. And now, here's the host of Matter of Theology, Chris Huff. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Matter of Theology. No, again, I am not Chris. I know I did the one episode by myself last time, uh, the post-mill response to the Apologetics Live episode. Um, But here I am again, uh, starting the episode without Chris. Uh, That is because he's still working, and we have a special guest with us, Lauren Robinson. Lauren, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm well, I'm, you know, I've, I'm trying to get over this cough. Um, I had a really bad sinus infection and then I got better and then the pollen hit and then it came back again. And so now it's just, I'm, I'm getting over that second hump. Um, and I really hate the pollen down South. It is. Oh, I know all about it. And Tennessee is like the worst place where I am. Like I have asthma and press me. This past two weeks has been rough over here. Now it's cold again. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in the fifties today because I'm in Georgia, so it's it was in the fifties yeah. today here in Georgia. So it's crazy when it was just like eighty or ninety something last week. Yeah, but oh, you know, only down south can you experience all four seasons in one day. <laughs> uh, it's one it's. Day, a, yeah. It's amazing. But, uh, you know, I really wanted to have you on. Uh, you made a tweet um, a couple weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, and it just set people ablaze. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. but but before. Yeah. Before we actually get into the tweet and talking about some of some of those things. And um, I've got a, a response that that we were talking about earlier. And I know you've got some responses that you've received um, on Twitter. But uh just to start with how important is it in your opinion for women to know and do theology okay so that is like super um i'm super passionate about that topic because i mean the study of god right is what theology is so if you're a christian that's going to be a priority right absolutely um teach women that's one of my goals to love theology do theology no sound doctrine um you know i teach in my ladies sunday school class we're learning like apologetics mm. and, you know first peter three fifteen talks about always be ready to give a defense mm-hmm. um, that's to men and women so theology for me um I don't know why for some women it's kind of fallen by the wayside. Like they just assume they don't need to have this theology and this deep knowledge of the scripture and um, hermeneutics. And so they just kind of, you know, by step that for the fluff Mm -hmm. and things that make you feel good. And so that's kind of what I'm fighting against is women need theology as much as men do. Right. Um, the man, uh, you know, you'll hear me harp on that on my um, Twitter a lot is the head of the home and the spiritual mm-hmm. leader, but that doesn't negate a woman's responsibility to know the scripture and to be able to give a defense That's and right. for the faith. Like it says in Jude. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now, how did you, when did you first start learning theology and uh, how did you get into teaching uh, a women's Sunday school at your church? Okay. Um, you know, if you were to look at like my, I would be the least likely person you would ever say that would be into theology, into doctrine, um, for even for the Lord to save. Um, I I don't, I'm not going to give a whole spill into my testimony, but, um, I was in this godless world of modeling and pursuing self and chasing after the things of the world. And that's when the Lord saved me around 21 And it was like immediate for me, the love of scripture and wanting to memorize scripture. And from that, uh, the Lord just kind of gave me a desire to go to seminary. And so I went to seminary and only about a year in, I met my husband. So I ended up dropping out so that he could pursue his uh, career, uh, getting his uh, MDiv. And right now he's getting his doctorate of ministry. But um, 
So the Lord just immediately began working in my heart to want to know scripture and memorize. And so from then I started working with youth and with girls and teaching them. And it just kind of grew from there. Um, And so I taught youth and girls. And then now at our church where we are now, I teach a ladies class. And my um, kind of my goal in that class was to start at the basics. I mean, literally working our way through Genesis and like apologetics and creation and learning how to, you know, when you get in a, in a, you know, debate with an atheist or whoever to be able to use scripture to defend what we believe in. Um, but the Lord is just, um, and started reading some of the reformers, uh, you know, like A.W. Ping is my all-time favorite, Jonathan Edwards, John Owen, um, probably six or seven years ago, my husband and I kind of um, got into reformed theology and the doctrines of grace. Okay. And the Lord just really even grew me even more since then and wanting to know theology. You know, it's weird how that happens because <clears throat> I would say about six or seven years ago for myself was when the Lord really opened my eyes to the doctrines of grace. And it, it, it's almost like once y- you understand and you study the doctrines of grace and, and, and the totality that is reformed theology you want to know God more. It draws you closer to God. Yeah. I I find that amazing. Yeah. I I literally describe it as like this unquenchable thirst to like, want to know more and more and more about this sovereign God. And also, I mean, it's just unbelievable how, when you really come to see the sovereignty of God, how all of scripture is now so cohesive. Whereas before, you know, there was so much you had to like skip over that didn't jive with the Arminian theology, you know? So right. now it's like the scripture just makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Now, so you said you, you originally went to seminary and then you met your husband. Now, uh-huh. uh, did, did y'all get married while he was still in seminary or did you yeah. meet, start uh, dating? We had one of those whirlwind romances. Okay. So we met. Um, we were friends for like a month. I, I, I was like, no, I'm not. I, I don't really want to, you know, I wasn't really wanting to get married right then. You know, I was like pursuing my career, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what the world tells you to do. Pursue your career. So then he, he just kept telling me, just pray about it. Just pray about it. So <laughs> Just pray he, about marrying me. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. And the Lord changed my heart. So we started dating in April of 2007. Got okay. in in may 2007 and then married in august of 2007 wow so super quick (laughs) and that's when the lord you know began changing me because it was all about me i'm going to go to seminary and i'm going to pursue this platform of speaking to women and girls and you know hey i even started a book i got like two or three chapters into this book and the more the Lord began to sanctify me, like my husband, he was called to ministry. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even a question. We knew financially we couldn't both afford for both of us to go to seminary. Well, then shortly after we got married, um, I became pregnant with my first child. And um, so I quit working. I was, I'm a hairdresser by trade. So I quit the salon. And um, then we just decided, you know, that he would go finish school mm-hmm. and get and the Lord just started working on me like you know this is not the greater good for you to go on mm-hmm. and and speak and have this platform and pursue you know the world says pursue your goals and your dreams and the more the Lord worked on me I was like my job as a wife is to support my husband minister to him so that he can go out and preach the gospel and pastor you know a church mm-hmm. amen yeah. Amen. You know, and that's one of those things. It's because we, we see women today, <clears throat> they go, they go to Bible college, they go to seminary. Um, one, because, you, you know, they think that's the only place where they can get kind of this Bible knowledge. And I had a friend of mine ask me personally, uh, she said, you know, it, it, say, say a woman want, oh, and here's Chris. He's coming on in. Uh, but she said, you know, say a woman wants to go to, or wants to learn more about the Bible. What is she to do? And she's married. And I said, well, the, the first thing 
your first direct line of education and learning theology should be your husband. He should be the one that's pouring into you and teaching you, Um, you know, because that's how the marriage relationship should work. The husband should be teaching the wife. The wife should be nurturing and raising and and, and teaching the children. Now the father's obsolete obviously not absent from that, but there, there's this whole order of how things are supposed to work. And women today think that they're supposed to be the ones to go to seminary and get the degrees and then go and then, and then have their own platform. And then, and of course we've seen it. Uh, it starts out with this whole goal to minister to women, but then what does it turn into? It turns into the desire to pastor Um, to, to, I mean, we see women like Beth Moore that have talked about, you know, their whole career. They've talked about, no, I'm a complimentarian. I'm a complimentarian. Women aren't to be pastors. And then what have we seen recently? Just that immediate flip, right. To, to, to now she, she, the SBC, I think just announced their, their first woman pastor. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, my seminary was one of the few they did not allow women to get an MDiv, mm-hmm. um, trying to, you know, because they did not believe that women should go on to pastor. So I don't think it's wrong for a woman per se to go to seminary. Right. Um, you know, maybe I, I do think it's wrong if she's got a family and a husband to take care of and she's neglecting them to do that. Now, say she's single, she wants to go gather more knowledge. Um, you know, but to get this degree and at the same time, she's neglecting her home. But, you know, you were talking about Beth Moore and like these teachers, I think Satan's so deceptive in that way that he comes in like, you're doing this good. You're going to be helping women. Think about the good you're going to be doing for these women. And in the whole, the meantime, your family is going to suffer. You know, it ended up coming out all of these promises Beth Moore was doing. Her children were home by themselves. You know, her husband was at home with the children and, you know, she can't claim to be following Titus 2.5 and she's meanwhile on these conferences and doing these tours. It doesn't work like that. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Chris, welcome to the show, bud. What's up? What's up, you guys? <laughs> Had to start. Lauren, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Good, good, to, good, good to talk to you. Thank you for taking time out to, uh, uh, to, to, to dive into this topic because, um, I know I, I won't speak for my brother, but I've enjoyed your posts and uh, the things that you've said and the way you've stood your ground and, um, you know, where, where I jumped in and what you guys were talking about, you know, to, to your point, you find women that they, they may go to seminary with with the intentions of writing the desire to be theologians as they should. Um, but then they fall into the curse. Right. And that curse, meaning meaning, as it says in Genesis, that 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 desire will be to assert uh, assert yourself and assert power that that God never designed for you to have. In fact, expressly forbids it. Um, so 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 it's 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 there's nothing new under the sun. It's that's what you're seeing when when it, it, like you said, it may start with the best of intentions, mm-hmm. um, but then what ends up happening is is that goes unchecked um, and not. And I'm going to use this term a lot. You don't allow yourself to be regulated by what the scriptures say completely, and then what ends up happening? You drift, and and when when you don't hold to um, the word of God as as it's sweeter than the honey dripping from the honeycomb, uh, you end up desiring things that uh, that God never intended for you to do. Yeah. Um, so, and I think, yeah. you know that theology, learning theology, um, and studying it, you know, even as a woman, I'm sure men, I mean, men can be the same way, but it it can allow you to get puffed up in a sense. Absolutely. So you think sometimes your whole motives for even learning theology are so that you can be, you know, smarter than someone else or know more. And you think the whole purpose of theology is knowing Christ, knowing more about him in your relationship. And, you know, it can come in and, and allow you to get puffed up. And I'm super thankful that, um, I have a husband who disciples me regularly in the scripture Mm. um he is a wonderful leader he teaches me church history hermeneutics i mean he will walk me through passages and every morning before he leaves for work um i get up at five and i'm in there studying my bible and i've got just a million questions that i just want to like pick his brain about and i get a little theology lesson before he goes to work in the morning and um you know like it's just it's amazing that that he's my teacher 
Amen. Awesome. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Amen. Now, <clears throat> when we begin to look at, and this is where we're going to start kind of transitioning towards, towards the post that, that you made. Mm-hmm. Um, w- w- when we begin to look at women and their role in the home, mm-hmm. when other women see women like yourself that are making posts talking about how you need to stay in the home. You need to raise your family. You need to uh, disciple your children. You, you need to take care of your husband, you know, and support him uh, in the things that he's doing. Um, and you, you really, you need, there's, there needs to be a godly submission of the wife to the husband. When we see these things being talked about, some women want to jump in and say, that's legalism. The whole, but the problem with that is that's not legalism. That's biblical. Yeah. That's what scripture says. The, the role of the woman is, is to do. Yeah. So uh, how have you run into that? Um, you know, everybody always wants to find a way around that scripture. Um, you know, and I always go back to Titus two, five workers in the home. It is a woman's non-negotiable responsibility to be a worker in the home. Um, but you know, they always want to find a way around it. And so they'll say, sir, are you, are you telling me it's sin if I have a job? I mean, is that what you're telling me? And this is what I always say to them. I heard this quote from Elizabeth Elliot, um, a while back. And she said, look, Don't ask the question, is it sin? Ask yourself, can I run my household well and do all that I need to do and still have this outside job? Can I cook the meals, do the laundry, disciple my children, serve my husband and all of these things to make this household run well and have an outside job? And the question and the answer to that most often is no. And one of them is going to suffer. Either your mm-hmm. home's going to suffer or the job's going to suffer. You can't do both well. Right. So that's what I always tell people. I say, look, I'm not going to tell you, okay, your job is definitely sin, but I'm going to say, you know, can you disciple your children when the scripture talks about in Deuteronomy, when they rise up, when they walk upon the way, when they lie down to sleep, that's all day long and still have this secular job. Mm-hmm. So that's right. anyway, but yeah, I run into that. So people say, you know, well, Titus two, five, and, and I'll, I'll go back to that. And um, they'll just say, well, um, you know, as far as obviously submitting to your husband, that's all throughout the scripture. That's not legalism. I mean, I'm literally just teaching what scripture says, but I think most often they'll say, well, you know, that can turn into abuse. You know, you can't, you can't promote that because the man may not, I mean, and the Bible doesn't say submit to them only if they make like perfect choices or wise choices. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just submit to our husbands. Um, and then you just have to trust the Lord that he's going to work the rest of that out. But yeah, you run into those who try to, you know, right. well, you, you know, I feel, I feel like uh, you wouldn't run into that issue if women already married godly men in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I feel like that's an issue that would solve itself. Now, I'm not saying, the husband is perfect and that he'll make every decision right. But right. You, 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 you're on a fast track to, to, to the right goals and the right outcome. If you, if you're not unequally yoked, yeah, <laughs> you know, that solves yeah. a lot I of problems back around and say, well, that means you need to be super careful about who you marry. And I teach mm-hmm. my daughters the same thing, like, because they are going to be your head. You are going to have to submit and you better pray that they're godly and make wise choices. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Now let's get into this tweet because <laughs> I know you've received a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, feedback about this. And, and I, I really want to get into one of the, the comments that, that you and I talked about before, before we, uh, started recording, but here's the tweet. And this came from, uh, I don't have a date. This was, this was a while, uh, about a month ago, but here's what it says. Ever notice how there's very few sound female authors or teachers lining the shelves at Christian bookstores. Know why? Because all the godly females are at home tending to their husbands and their children. Hashtag Titus to the home is priority. And people lost their minds. 
Yeah, they did. <laughs> and it wasn't just unbelievers. It was, I mean, the majority of the people that lost their minds were, were people that we would say are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. Now the one of, one of the things I kept seeing was people saying, so, uh, was about women, how women shouldn't write. And she's going, well, it, is she saying women can't be authors? Is she saying women can't write, can't write blogs or, or do this and that and the other thing? And my first thought was, she said that she said, ever notice how there's very few sound female authors and teachers lining the shelves? Not that they're not there, but that they're not lining the shelves. Right. Why are they not lining the shelves? One, because their books aren't that popular because their books are actually probably biblical. Yeah. And two, because they're making their household the priority. Yeah. <laughs> right? uh, I often joke around with people that like that little thing that's inside most people that's like, you probably better not say that or you won't have any friends. Like I wasn't born with that. So I just feel hey, like- Hey, we weren't either. <laughs> nope. Like I tweet something and I, I'm honest to goodness I did not realize when I tweeted that I just you know I, I'm just one of those I'll just like think something I'm like okay I'm gonna tweet this like kind of the flack that I would get so I've had tweets that have maybe been um, shared more than that but I think that one probably had like the most comments and the most flat like backlash mm -hmm. um, from that just because and I like you said I wasn't saying that a woman can't ever write a book um, or obviously like I have a blog, like I write blogs in my spare time. I just, even looking back on my own life and my own testimony and the Lord growing me. And I've even made a little, um, couple videos about it, how my desires as a woman, the more I progressed in growing in the word knowledge of Christ, my sanctification, my desires went from, okay, I'm going to be married to my husband, but let me hurry up and raise these children so I can kind of get on and do the more important work, which is like, you know, writing books or ministering to women or doing this. And the Lord's like growing me in, and I'm like, this is the most important work, like raising up children, godly children, discipling children and ministering to my husband being his helpmate. And he's a pastor. And so he's got, you know, like, the hardest job in the world. And so um, that's kind of what I, my whole point was. The more we grow in godliness and sanctification, the more we realize being at home is what the Lord designed. Mm -hmm. that, that's where fulfillment comes from. And so I noticed that no longer was I seeking some kind of platform for myself or my goals were not to write this book and get out and do all these conferences. Like the Lord gave me joy in my home. Mm. So, Amen. Now, some of the comments I saw were about um, having to do with single women, right? So, so, well, what if someone's not married, you know, and someone doesn't have children? So is, is there anything that you would like to say in regards to uh, women who are not married that don't have children and, and don't have that, uh, that duty, that biblical duty to, to submit to their husbands and, and raise, uh, raise their children. Um, I mean, you know, there might be an opportunity like that for a godly single woman who has some time and, you know, is passionate about the word and theology to write a book, you know, um, that would be helpful. And so if she has time to do that, you know, even the scripture talks about, you know, singleness. And so, you know, I've, I've heard it said, if you want to become more like Christ, get married. But if you want to be free to serve Christ, stay single. You have more freedom to do things like that when you don't have a husband or family. So, you know, but like you said, there's very few of those out there that, you know, have the time or have written the books because once, you know, they get married and have children and the Lord grows them in godliness, like I said, their main priority becomes taking care of your home. So yeah, if the Lord has given you that desire um, to write a book or, you know, then, and you're single, then by all means, mm -hmm. you know, I don't see any yeah. reason why they couldn't. Now I would piggyback off that. And, and Chris, you also might want to jump in here too, is I would say, if you are a single woman, <clears throat> um, one, I don't know, uh, maybe your family relationship, what, you know, father, no father, godly father, not godly father. But I would say first, you, you should also uh, come under the authority of your father, but primarily the authority of a local church, 
if that's going to be your task to, to write a book and, and get into some form of ministry, that way you have some sort of authority and oversight um, in your endeavors, because, because then, then what happens? Say you get married, then what happens? Then you come under the authority of your husband. And then both of you are under the authority of the church at that point. Uh, so, so that, that would, that's something that I would piggyback off of that. Chris, if you wanted to get in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, for anybody, you know, that was that jumped in and, 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 and jumped, <laughs> jumped down our sister's throat for what she said. Um, uh, number one, I thought that the tweet was, was right on. Right. Uh, and, and I mean that wholeheartedly right on, um, uh, you know, I, Again, we, we always have to stop and first examine our own selves, right? Examine our own hearts, examine our own motives. Um, you know, so so if you are single out there and are well, man or woman, um, you know, what are your desires? Are you seeking God's glory or your own? Is your number one focus the fact that you're not married or living to glorify God and all that you do to learn uh, to, to our sister's point earlier, to, to learn as much as you can uh, about Christ. This theology is the study of God. And, and, and so are, are you immersing yourself in the scriptures for that reason and living for his glory and his glory alone? Um, you know, regardless, and this is not easy to say, um, a lot of people, you know, when they say this or they hear this, they think, well, that's easy for you to say, man, you know, you're married with, with a child and I want to be, and I'm not. Well, well, look, it's not easy for me to make this statement, but look, your circumstances are under the sovereign will of God, period, period, regardless of what they are. So the question is, my, my question is, do you trust him? Do you trust the promises of his word? Um, and are you living accordingly? Um, you know, when, when, when you read a, a, a tweet like that, a post like that, are you first examining it with the scriptures or are you examining it? Uh, you know, based upon some church planning network telling you that, no, that women should do something else. Um, you know, that women are to be first theologians and we need to be out there doing this and that and this and that, because, you know, Bible doesn't explicitly say don't do this. Well, congratulations, you're normative and, and, and you're not truly living for the glory of God because you're not obeying his commands. Mm -hmm. So Drew, I agree with what you said. Um, I, I would, my, my response to those uh, people who may be single, who desire, uh, to, to, to be married, who desire to, to be a spouse, to be a, a parent, um, know that if you're walking with the Lord and truly seeking his glory and that desire has not been taken away, you know, Paul talks about singleness being a gift. Um, if that desire has not been taken away, lay that down at the feet of Jesus and move forward and trust that God will either remove that desire or fulfill that desire. Um, either way, either way, you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility. We all have a responsibility to obey God's word to the letter, not out of trying to earn his favor, not, 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 not a works-based salvation, but because our desire is to be holy as he is holy. Our desire is to serve him with fear and adoration because of who he is and what he's done for us. So, right. and Drew, I agree with everything you said. Yeah. Submit yourself to the local church, um, you know, um, and uh, yeah, but just, I mean, Right. That's yeah. All I how, got so far. how how can you say that? One. How can you be a woman? Go out and and teach women about God if you yourself do not submit to what God says. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's the irony of it all. It's like you know, if if I put the most profound tweet in the world, and I am just this great theologian of a woman. And yet I neglect my home and my husband. Yeah. yeah. It's all for naught. That's right. Like, it means nothing. Like my job right now, the Lord has gifted me with five children that I am yeah. discipling and teaching and raising up. And, you know, like I said, ministering to my husband. I mean, it's huge. And, and you know, what's crazy to me though, is the Lord has given me a passion for teaching. And I just recently put a quote by John MacArthur Howe. If the Lord gives a woman the gift of teaching, he will give you ample opportunity to utilize hey. that gift without compromising the word of God. Hey, yep. Lord, will you say that again, please? That is so good. That is so good. If the Lord gifts a woman with the gift of teaching, he will give her ample opportunities to utilize that gift to the fullest without compromising the word of God. Come so on. whether Amen. it be 
like I teach my Sunday school class and I disciple my children daily because they are with me the most more than my husband. So I need to know scripture to teach to them. Mm. And, uh, you know, on, on Twitter, when I get these people, I need to know scripture to be able to defend what I believe. And so the Lord has given me so many opportunities um, to share truth um, that, I mean, I don't have to be in a pulpit. I don't have to compromise my home and, and, you know, taking care of my home. I still have opportunities to share the gospel. That's right. Absolutely. That's right. So one of the, Lauren, as you were, as you were speaking, one of the things that came into my mind, and it's one of the things that I've taught um, several times on the podcast here, and that is uh, practical atheism, right? So when you get, when you get women that talk about how much they love God, how much, how much they want to teach women and all these things, but then they neglect the home, they neglect their husbands, they neglect all the, the biblical duties that God has said they are to, to, to perform and, and the things that actually glorify God. When they neglect those and seek after their own desires, yeah, they're falling into practical atheism. Yes. And what that is, is there now there's two aspects of practical atheism. One is claiming God exists, but then living as though he doesn't. The yeah. other is, uh, knowing what God has said, but then living as though what he said is not true. So, so some of these women are out there, they're, they're doing the things that God has not called them to do. And they're neglecting their homes, living as though God's word is not true. Well, look at what, look at, I mean, there's this mentality that if, uh, you know, Lauren, like somebody in your position, someone who studied theology, someone who, uh, you know, from a social media standpoint, the Lord has given a, a, a platform to, to your point a minute ago, you know, uh, th- but there's this mentality in our culture and, 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 you know, it's because, and even in the church, let me, let me back up and say this, there's this mentality in the church because there is, there's an ideology that has been brought in uh, from the world and it's called feminism. And, and this ideology says that if you're a stay at home mom, if you're a housewife, then you're a victim, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have, you have intersectionality points at that, you know, at at that level when, when really, and, and, and Lauren, I think you said this earlier, this is the highest calling. The creator of the universe has given women this call. I was talking to my brother, uh, Daryl Harrison, we were talking on the phone the other day and. Uh, he was just encouraging me with some stuff that I'm walking through. And um, and he just reminded me, he said, it isn't, isn't it incredible that God made man, but he fashioned women, right? The scriptures say in Genesis that he he fashioned women w- with, with a purpose. Yeah. Uh, and, and Lauren, to your point, God has given you five souls mm-hmm. to disciple in your home, as well as to care for your head who is a shepherd, mm-hmm. an under shepherd, under the chief shepherd, there is no higher calling given for women. There is no higher calling, period. Right. Period. The, the, you can look throughout the entirety of scripture and see the greatest value placed upon women. I mean, look at, <clears throat> just go back to the creation of creation account. God creates Adam. But then he looks around and says, what? He doesn't have a suitable helper, one for him. So he fastens Eve from Adam. Why? Because what Adam needed to do, he could not do on his own. He needed a helper. So God fastened one just for him. Talk about just the the worth there. An amazing um, just to think about, you know, woman was made for man, not yeah. man for woman. We were literally made for man. And so I always tell people, of course, you're going to get it on social media. Well, are you trying to say that women are less valuable? You're always going to get that, that men are somehow better. And I'm like, look, that's not what I'm saying. Galatians 3.28 says we are all one in Christ Jesus. That's right. That's no right. Inequality with Christ. When you have that kind of Um, you know, confidence in Christ that we're all equal. I don't feel less valuable than my husband. We have different strengths. He is the leader. I am the nurturer, you know, like his cooking skills pale in comparison to mine. Um, You know, tell him I feel his pain. (laughs) I I don't because I'm a great cook. So, oh, are you? 
Um, and so like women, you know, are the nurturers. I mean, it's such an incredible responsibility. And so I get on there, you know, on Twitter and I, and I say things like, that are really people said, I feel like when I go onto your Twitter, it's like stepping back into the 1950s. Cause I'm like, have dinner ready when your husband comes home, like look pretty, like don't nag him when he walks in the door. Um, you know, just little things like that, that I say, you know, and people are just like, I mean, it just, they get furious at it though, but it's like, uh, and I also put a post like this. I said, look, hone your women's skills, learn how to garden, cook, clean, sew, nurture children. You know, like the Lord created us for this and, you know, run your household well like that. So, you, you know, it's it's really funny that you say, um, you, you know, uh, hone your women's skills or learn your women's skills. And then, Chris, earlier you mentioned about feminism. Uh, think about this. Feminism that came in three waves. OK, right now we are right smack dab in the heart of the third wave of feminism. Some some may even say we're in the fourth wave, but feminism started out really with just uh, women wanting to be viewed as equal to men. OK, and really one of one of the their their two their two main goals was to abolish alcohol and to abolish pornography. Yeah. Okay. Two things that are glorified in our culture today. Move forward into to this century, and you don't have just women seeking equality. You have women wanting to replace men so much so so that women dress like men, they act like men, they, they think they can become men through through surgery. They're living in that delusion. Yeah. So the, 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 there's not this idea of that we are equal. It's that we don't want to be equal. We want to be superior. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote well, a blog on that about feminism. It's called the poison of feminism. And I talk about that, how it, it went from, it was cloaked in, we just want to be equal with men. And, but it's really, we want power. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I read, I read something actually today. Uh, this was, this was a tweet um uh that uh <laughs> that our, our brother chris land put uh on twitter it's a it's a quote from the coalition of christian feminists and here's what the well, here's what it says it's a picture of uh of a couple young couple and it says this quote if genesis 218 had been translated correctly i saw this then the lord god said it is not good that the man be alone i will make a mighty rescuer perfectly suited for him period <laughs> close quote I saw that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, into into one of these comments, um, and Lauren, we talked about this offline, but <clears throat> we've talked about the importance for women to know theology, mm -hmm. study theology, study the Bible, know God, grow in Christ, mm -hmm. so that you can be able to to. Uh, 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 minister to your husband so that you can be able to nurture and grow your children well as the, as the Lord commands you to. Mm -hmm. But there's some people that don't realize that that's what you're doing. <laughs> okay. So, so this comes from someone shared, uh, shared a post or your pro post. And, and they started talking about how this is legalistic, right? And we already talked about, this is not legalistic. This is biblical. But then there was another comment under this that that said from a person that said, there's so many things I want to say, but mostly a woman's ultimate calling is God's glory. And we would say, amen. That's what we've been talking about. Yeah. Can't glorify God without being a theologian. Don't have to be a wife or a mom to be faithful and obedient. But you, you do still have to be a theologian when you are a wife and a mom. And we would say, yeah, that's actually what we've been talking about. But from this person didn't realize your post where you did theology, you came to a theological conclusion, you wrote a theological statement, you wrote, you wrote it in the form of, of a tweet on the internet, and then... How this person saw it was because a male promoted your writing of theology, <laughs> ministering to women. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy because, like, it almost seems like there's a disconnect. Like, people can't understand that the two go hand in hand. If you're following godliness and theology, you're going to see that God is most glorified in a woman when she is running her home well in the home with her children and taking care of her husband. He's most glorified because they see, and it literally talks about in Titus 2.5, how workers at home, and then he finishes it up by this, saying, so that the word of God will not be reviled. It is reviled when women claim to believe in Christ, and then they pursue careers and goals outside of the home. They're saying, I believe in Christ, but not enough to stay at home and work in the home and minister to my family, even though it says that in the scripture. And so the word of God is then reviled. I mean, it's just clear as day. So that's what I'm saying is theology can go hand in hand with being a godly mom and wife. That's right. Right They're right there, what you're doing is you're living out the theology exactly. that you've studied. Yeah. yeah, you're putting it into practice. You're taking the orthodoxy and you're uh-huh. making it orthopraxy. Yeah. Imagine that. So, so Lauren, <laughs> what, what, what would you say? All right, so, so in, in response, right? And, and uh, um, cause I know there may be some out there who would say, okay, well, uh, you know, if I, if I am single and I have to work, well, we've already addressed that. So what about the single moms out there? Uh, which again, we've already kind of addressed that with the circumstances, the sovereignty of God, trusting in the sovereignty of God. Um, so what would your encouragement be to those women who are, uh, single mothers for whatever reason? Uh, what, what would your encouragement and, and edification or, or admonishment be to them? Um, so I actually, I have a, a friend of mine who is a single mom and um, has a daughter at home. And so I told her, you know, like, and I've addressed single moms before, they kind of have a double responsibility because right. they have to be the spiritual leader. Um, you know, thinking of my friend who the dad has, doesn't have any contact um, with the child. So they have to be the one that teaches the Bible and the scripture and the theology. So I get there are circumstances where the mom has to have a job outside of the home, right? Because they're single, they're providing for their child. And so literally, and I always just tell women this, just, you know, pray about that, ask the Lord, you know, to give you the guidance to do it. And, and also they have to be a little bit more on guard against deception and against things that will come in because they don't have that spiritual leader, that head, the husband who is, you know, on guard. Like I mentioned before, my husband was the one who came to me and said, Lauren, Beth Moore, I don't think she's sound. He said, I, I've been reading some things about her and I just want you to be aware. And so he walked through it with me. Now my first, I had a knee jerk reaction because I was all about Beth Moore at the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hate to say it, but I was. So I always, you know, tell these women, you're going to have to be in the word. You're going to have to be studied up so that you know, you know, when, um, and of course have a godly church home. We have a pastor who's feeding you sound doctrine. Um, but yeah, so I get there are circumstances where the woman has to work outside the home. Um, but I would just say, don't neglect your responsibility to be in the scripture, teach your children the scripture. Um, since there's not, you know, a father doing that. Amen. 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 Wow. Does that answer your question, Chris? That answers that, 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 that absolutely hammers, hammers, hammers down the question. Thank you. (laughs) Now um, I want to let our listeners know that when, when I reached out to Lauren to, to have her on this show. Yeah, this is, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. This is important. This is important. It's very important. When, When I reached out to her to have, to ask her to be a guest on the show, the first thing she said to me was, I need to talk about it with my husband. Now, I know a couple of other women that also that that's what their response would be. Why was that your first response? Because people because there are people I know that would listen to this and go, well, I don't need to ask him like, what, why would I need to do that? So why was that the first thing that you that you did? Um, I mean, first of all, you know, just him as my spiritual leader, you know, and I, I represent him, you know, I'm extension of him, everything I say, I want to represent my husband well, represent Christ well. And the first thing he said was, well, let me check, are these guys sound like, I mean, you know, let me check them out and make sure. So he's always aware 
of what I'm participating in, you know, and making sure that I don't get, uh, you know, led astray or, you know, making sure he, I mean, literally he is my protector. Um, so I just said, Hey, you know, they reached out to me. They saw this tweet, you know, I told him about the tweet and, um, he's not a social media guy. Like I kind of am on that end and then I'll tell him about all my adventures. But I mean, obviously the past, <laughs> he doesn't need any more responsibilities, but I tell him about all my adventures and he's just like, man, that sounds crazy. So anyways, yeah. So I, I immediately, I went to him and I said, you know, um, and so he did, he went and looked up some of your podcasts and I kind of told him who you were and kind of, you know, what your doctrine looked like. And so he was like, yeah, I think that'd be good. So, mm-hmm. okay. um, great. Yeah. yeah. And as my, you know, my spiritual leader, Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and that's important. And you know what? Now that you say that, <clears throat> we might have to have your husband on to talk about oh, biblical bi- being a biblical husband <laughs> and being a protector. Yeah, Be- because yeah. that was that's so key, so key. Yeah. Because I'm sure you could get approached by by so many people to say, "Hey, we saw your tweets. We want you to come on." And, but the, there's someone whose doctrine is just absolutely garbage, or or maybe it's right in some points, but they miss it in other areas. But your husband said. No, uh, let me check them out first because she's my responsibility. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Biblical because husband. Somebody who, you know, was not theologically sound or do- and so they were looking to get, have a, like a gotcha moment mm-hmm. where right. they could, you know, catch me in something and, and make me look bad or whatever, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Well, and you look at and, and, and what a what, what a reminder, you know, I, I think back to, to, to Genesis chapter three, um, you know, uh, and, and it says now the serpent was more crafty yes. than any beast yep. of the field, yep. which the Lord God had made. Uh, and he said to the woman, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. And, and, and you know, he cornered her and yeah. he was conniving. He isolated her from her husband. And, and initiated this attack on the veracity of the word of God. And, and, and so, uh, as, as uh, Dr. Lawson likes to say it, um, you know, where God had put a period, Satan had put a question mark, but look at how he did it. And when you look at the attacks and, and uh, uh, the, the, the people out there that may try to do that, right, get, get, get that gotcha moment, get that, mm-hmm. that whatever. I mean, that is the oldest ploy in the book. Satan has been using that. The enemy has been using that since Genesis 3. He continues to use it today. Um, and, and so his goal is to, is to isolate. And so, uh, you know, number one, uh, you know, people may, may, may look at that and be like, well, that's, you know, that's weak or we're back to the fifties to your point earlier. But, but to, to, to that, I say, no, 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 that's wise. And that's showing, that's showing, showing biblical strength, right? Yeah. That's what that's showing. Um, so, so like when, when Drew told me that when he was messaging me saying, Hey, I, I reached out to Lauren and I, uh, here's what she said. I was like, right on. That is awesome. Um, and that's needed. That is needed. I mean, what, a, what a fantastic reminder of, uh, of the husband's role and the husband's responsibility to protect and to guard and, 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 and to guide. Be, and the reason is because of how important the wife's role is in the life of their marriage. And, and as, as, as the, the mom, the mother to his children. Yeah. Ask my husband how valuable he views my role. Like he literally tells me all the time, I couldn't do it without you. If he ever has a day when I'm like down and he's with the kids or with the homeschooling, I mean, he, he can't do it. So, you know, he tells me all the time. Um, But if you, if you don't mind, I was going to say something real quick on the topic of the protection from the husband. Please go for Uh, it. Go ahead. I wrote a blog recently on first Timothy two fifteen, where it talks about women will be saved through childbearing. I studied up on that. Cause I'm like, all right, what does this really mean? You know, obviously we know he's not talking about salvation there because every right. woman, every woman that has a child is not, you know, has eternal life. Right. So I came across this commentary from a guy named Andreas Kostenberger. I don't know if y'all yeah. Know yeah. Andrew yep. Kostenberger. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I didn't really know who he was, but, he just wrote this incredible article on it. And he says um, the reason, and he talks about why he believes that verse is talking about spiritually preserved from Satan there. The woman Mm -hmm. like this will be spiritually preserved from Satan by adhering to their God-given role related to family and children. And so he ties all that in. Um, If you go read the article talking about how it's only when the women get outside of their protection 
in their head, in their home, they're more susceptible to Satan and the enemy. And so when we adhere to our God-given role at home under the protection of our husband, we can be preserved from those attacks. And so, you know, having my husband, I think about my life. Anytime I've fallen into sin or temptation is when I've gone outside of my head and my husband and things that he has, you know, tried to protect me from. Um, and so I just thought, man, what an amazing um, way to break that passage down. But if you read the article, he goes more into depth about it and through the Greek and everything. But so yeah. if women are, you know, not neglecting their body even roles and the scripture talks about women who go from house to house being gossipers, yeah. so they're neglecting their roles at home, falling mm. in, falling into gossip and Satan's traps. Yep. Yep. Andrew's also got a fantastic book uh, called God, Marriage and Family. Um, and uh, I believe it's published by Crossway. But yeah, it's just it's called God, Marriage and Family, which is a wonderful book um, for anybody listening who wants to really take a look at the uh, what he does is he walks through uh, biblically in the Old Testament, New Testament, how that applies to us today. Um, in, in each of those areas, God, marriage, family, how all of it relates and, 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 uh, works with one another. Um, I had the opportunity to, uh, to marry some good friends of mine a few years ago. And that was what we did for their premarital, uh, was we walked through that entire book together. So, um, so check it out. Yeah. Andrew's, Andrew's that, that kind of stuff. I've not read anything else that he's done, but that kind of stuff he's pretty solid on. Nice. Nice. Now <clears throat> there are many women in ministry <clears throat> that say the lay woman, the, 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 the woman who's maybe the single woman uh, who just wants to serve in the church, um, the married woman at home <clears throat> that, that they may turn to. But a lot of these, these, these women in ministry are not sound. So as far as seeking out uh, maybe <clears throat> any type of theologian from history or even uh, particularly in women's ministry, uh, who would you recommend? Right. Because we know Beth Moore go home, right? <laughs> she need to get going. Um, <clears throat> but you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I think someone did a sermon like that uh, maybe a year or two ago. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but also we're starting to see people who we thought were once solid, just saying some weird things like, yeah. Jen Wilkin and anyone from the gospel coalition associated with them. Um, you know, so, so who would, would you recommend, uh, for women to go, to go seek after in terms of learning? Um, I asked this question recently and I was like, man, as far as a list of women, like I just can't like the only, um, as far as someone who has resources out there, like I send a lot of people to Michelle Leslie's page because yep. she really has all the female teachers listed and why she doesn't recommend them. And of course, they're all not recommended because like you said, they start out looking sound and then we see them, literally they end up neglecting their homes and their husbands. And all of a sudden now they're just full blown woke or into apostasy and feminism. Um, so this is what I always tell women. I don't know why women have this idea when you go to a church and you do a women's Bible study, it needs to be a woman, a woman's teacher. Or author why would they why would you not do a, a, a male bible like why would you not sit under a man like but they have this idea we're doing a women's bible study we have to have a women a woman's author or whatever that that published it and i'm like no because you're not going to find them first of all on the shelf so you know man, I, come on <laughs> so we just literally take a book of the bible and walk through it oh, so good I'm so profound. I mean, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're breaking new ground there. Seriously. We take a book of the Bible, me and my ladies, and we get together um, about once a month and just literally go through the scripture together, discuss. Um, and, you know, the last actual Bible study I did was like a workbook was like a John MacArthur study that I did with a group of ladies. So I just say, don't limit yourself and think that it has to be because, I mean, there's just too many women uh, Bible study writers and out there that are just not sound it's just fluff there's just you know so anyways but yeah i'd say go to michelle leslie's page and check out you know she has listings of why they're not sound and great yeah yeah we love michelle she's a friend of ours yeah yeah um, and th that brings up a, a good point um you know lauren it, it's 
it's it's I I don't understand that either. Um, as far as why why in women's women's studies and small group studies and and Sunday school studies that that if it's specifically the single women or, or just a women's group why they feel the need, uh, you know, from a it's almost like to be honest it almost stems from that kind of like that that standpoint epistemology kind of deal. It's like you know no one's really going to understand us. We've got to make sure we're we're doing a study from a woman because a woman gets us. You know. Um, instead of going well you know what gets you more than a woman yeah. the bible <laughs> the it's creator <laughs> right um absolutely that's like crt and all of that though right absolutely yes get us if you're not the same color as us you can't understand us and so it's the same thing with women i think they think oh well if you're not a mom and you're not a female you know and so what you're doing is you're saying the word of god is not sufficient for yeah. all mm. the problems and, and, and it is, you don't have to have, you know, somebody's leftovers, a woman who comes to you and, you know, with all her fluff that makes you feel good, just go yeah. straight to the Bible. Even people that say, Lauren, what kind of children's devotional book do you recommend? I say the Bible. The Bible. <laughs> with our children. <laughs> Come on, girl. You know, what's really Man. funny is uh chris and i have a friend uh who's a, a local pastor here named reagan marsh and um yeah. we were we were talking and we were talking about uh family worship you know different things for family worship and um for different ages and 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 how do you uh you know if you've got if you've got small children that are about two years old man and i've got like dirt in my eye um but you got uh, children that are small and, and and things like that. You know, how do we how do we kind of do family worship? And and he just said, you know, do something that's if you got a two year old, do something on the level of the two year old. Right. Because you can do the simplest story. And yet you have all these theological truths within this story. Absolutely. That you can expand on. Mm -hmm. So but it's just using the Bible. Yeah. yeah, that that reminds me. I'm going to paraphrase a quote by Thomas Watson, uh, but but how he talks about the scriptures are, you know, the, the scriptures are simple enough for the child to understand, but they are a, a well that the that the deepest theologian, the smartest person, you will never plumb the depths of. Um, wh why do we feel? I don't understand, but I do at the same time, right? Scripture again, scripture speaks to this too. I don't understand why there is this felt need out there by professing believers thinking I need more than scripture. Yeah. Just <laughs> open the Bible. It is sufficient. Yeah. You know, Drew, going back to what you were saying about the practical atheist and why do you feel the need to search for anything else outside of it? Yes. Use tools. I use tools. I use commentaries. I read books. You know, um, I heard someone say recently that you can't be reformed and not well-read. Um, that's very, very true. But why do you, feel you can't be reformed and not hold to the sufficiency of scripture. Amen. Exactly. <laughs> we don't need to go outside of the word of God. Every time you do, or you think you have to, because you can't find it, number one, you're showing that you don't trust in the sufficiency of scripture and, or that when it comes to the very words of God, that you are aligning closer with the enemy because you're too lazy to do the work yourself. Yeah. Yep. You know, Open. says the Bible is no lazy man's book. Come on. I mean, absolutely. I mean, and so that's why I think they go to the late through the women's Bible studies because it's fluff. It's easy. And if you really want to dig, you know, my last women's Bible study we did, I just walked them through um, in Colossians. We ended up talking about penal substitutionary atonement for okay. like an hour. And it was the most deep edifying. We talked about election and eschatology. And we just, I mean, it was so edifying. And, and they were like, I could never go back and do another one of those just you know and one of the things that that, that i've been thinking about as we've, as we've been talking about you know bible studies is you mentioned at the beginning of the show that one of your favorite writers is aw pink mm -hmm. and oh, that's awesome and, and so say you know you want to learn about the attributes of god pink has one of the most mm. simplest writings on the attributes of god Right. It, it's so easy to understand, but it's packed full of, of theological knowledge of who God is. Right. You, so, so you don't how many how many of Beth Moore's studies go through the attributes of God as it pertains to Scripture? Right. <laughs> I, I'm willing to say none. 
Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, no, he yeah, writes every, that. And every woman in my Sunday school class, the minute that they get in there, I'm like, you need to go read the attributes of God by A.W. Pink, the sovereignty of God by A.W. Pink. And you need to go pick up a Valley of Vision, the Puritan prayer book. Yes, come on. That's what we do. <laughs> that's awesome. That's what we're all about here. That is. <laughs> we're all about the Bible and the Puritans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So, uh, Chris, do you have any other questions or I'm before we close out? I, I don't, Lauren. I, I just want to thank you, uh, number one, for your time. And then uh, n- number two, um, you know, uh, w- when you stand for truth, uh, tr- truth is going to offend. And, and of course, that brings out the haters and that brings out those who um, who, who want, want, want to push back and because they get all up in their feelings. Um uh, they end up, uh, uh, as, as I heard recently that they try to add a sixth sola and that sola is sola feelings. Um, so, uh, that's not me. That's Virgil Walker. You're welcome. Um, but, um, but look, it's, I, I thank you for, uh, the courage to the, 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 the courage and resolve. And I know it's not, I, I know it's not you and I know how you would respond to that. Uh, but, but for working in tandem with the spirit of God, as he sanctifies you under your head, under, mm-hmm. under your husband, under Kevin. So, um, I thank you for, for, for modeling, um, uh, and, and seeking to model and glorify God by how you model what a biblical woman and a biblical wife and a biblical mother looks like. And, uh, so I, I, di- I just want to thank you, my sister for, uh, for that. And, um, and, and thank you so much for your time and, and for having the courage and resolve to, to, to speak up, uh, as well. So that's all I got. Glad to be here. Um, I was just going to say, you know, like if y'all had asked me to do this probably like a year or two ago, I probably couldn't have fit it into my schedule, but I was saying the Lord gives you opportunities. And, um, for the first there time, you ever, there you go. I have five kids, but I, this is the, probably the first time ever in, I don't know, 12 years that I've had like a little bit of free time. I'm not like pregnant or or something like that. So I was like, the Lord just kind of opened up this door and my husband said, yeah, I rolled it. So um, thank well, y'all. You go. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Now, uh, where can people find you? Where can they find your blog? Uh, if people wanted to get in touch with you, um, how can they find you? Okay, so my blog is um, Lauren Lou at wordpress.com. Um, I mentioned my blog on feminism. I have some blogs on biblical submission, women's roles, um, uh, wrote about election and uh, all different types of things on there. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, but I let them know kind of ahead of time that it's going to be just kind of, you're getting my leftovers because I've got five children. So every now and then I'll (laughs) have some thoughts and want to post. So, um, but that's theology girl 36. Um, and you could just look me up on YouTube that way. And I, I have some videos kind of posted there, but yeah, my goal is just to really just share Christ, help women to see the joy that comes from fulfilling your role at home and um, submitting to your husband. And it is the greatest uh, privilege. Awesome. Um, Lauren, will you send, will you send those, uh, those links uh, to Drew and we'll, we'll put those in the show notes when we, when we 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 post the show. They can find me on Twitter too. Lauren Luke. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Just in case you want to follow her and see all the firestorms that start yeah. uh, from, from, <laughs> from the women that don't read their Bible, um, you know, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you send those to me, I'll make sure to put them in the show notes. Um, but uh, we want to thank our guest, Lauren Robinson, for coming on and talking about uh, women studying theology, running their household, uh, being in submission, uh, godly submission to their husbands, serving their husbands, ministering to their husbands, what that looks like, what that means, uh, ultimately how that glorifies God in, in fulfilling their role that God has given them to fulfill so we want to thank her for coming on absolutely and we want to thank you for listening to us two guys just talking about theology because who are we we're nobodies that's right so except chris chris is becoming a somebody sort of no no Mm -mm. no no (laughs) sort of sort of but we are on the christian podcast community so go over if you want to listen to or find other uh christian podcasts head on over to uh, christianpodcastcommunity.org i think it's been a while since i've done that 
<laughs> yeah, so, it is. It, it's not uh, org. <clears throat> yeah. And also you can catch us at the Cruciform Conference this year in June, June 4th mm-hmm. through the 4th and 5th. Fourth and fifth. Okay. Uh, make sure I got those pre-conference is going to be uh, Andrew Rappaport and Dr. Anthony Silvestro talking about presuppositional apologetics. And then the conference still standing the 500 year anniversary of Martin Luther at the diet of Worms. You're not going to want to miss. You're not. You don't you are want not going to want to miss it. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> bro. It's been a while since I've led one of these things. So that's why I gave it over to you, bro. Oh, man. Anyways, we're getting out of here. We'll catch you on the next one. Thank you again. See ya. Yeah, thank you.